Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson, uh, your gracious host, coming at you again. Uh, this time, I'm super duper excited. Only because, not only because, but I did have one of the best experiences of my life, thanks to you. Yes. Curtis Hickman. All right. Um, say hello. Hello. How are you, you doing? Doing good. Doing real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are doing. You're literally doing You're doing good in so many different ways. Thank you. Um, so for starters, I guess, just give us a little bit of a 101 on who Curtis Hickman is. Oh, Curtis What's a Curtis Hickman? Hickman? A Curtis Hickman, he's, uh, he's one of the co-founders of a company called The Void. And, uh, uh, you know, my history uh, goes back into a lot of different areas, but uh, one of my specialties is magic. I was a magician for years and years, designed things uh, that have been used by guys like Hopperfield, Chris Angel, uh, as well as uh, even performing myself. Uh, moved into visual effects after that, did a lot of digital magic, and then, you know, the void just kind of became the culmination of of practical and, and digital magic coming together. How does one move from magic into visual effects? I mean, I know it's like a small leap, but like, how was that the next step for you? Yeah, you know, it was like my hobby at the time. So it's kind of visual effects were a hobby and I was doing magic full time. But I got married, had kids, didn't want to travel around as much. And I felt like like compositing, especially in visual effects, was sort of like a, an easy way to, to do magic while I could, you know, just sit at home in front of my computer and, and, and kind of then send my art out. Did your kids just come out of thin air? They did, just magically appeared. <laughs> nice, mm. everything's magic. <laughs> <laughs> now I've been married to uh, my wife, uh, Lonnie, for uh, over a decade now. She's she amazing. How old, are, how old, and congratulations on that. Uh, how old are your kids? Uh, so my kids are seven, five, and about 15 months. Oh, you're, you're busy. Yeah, I do my best. <laughs> so The Void, um, so I started reading about The Void like three, four years ago. Like, it, and I was like, that sounds really cool. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the beginning, it was kind of like um, you wanted it to be almost like a, I'm just me being dumb, a laser tag kind of facility where you go in, it's mixed reality, and you know, but um, maybe you're better at explaining it than I am. <laughs> like, at least what it, where, where it started off, and then we'll talk about where you are today. Yeah, well, you know, even in the very beginning, our, our, our first initial goal was how can we try and take uh, VR where it was at the time and push it further by adding more senses and by um, trying to make it more immersive. Um, you know, being untethered really wasn't a thing when we started and there were a lot of challenges that came with, with uh, uh, overcoming that. And, and so in the early days, it was really about, uh, well, uh, fundamentally about the technology and freeing up the user so they could be free in the space. And then what things could we add to make it seem uh, more and more real? And uh, over time, that kind of turned into a, a philosophy uh, in a way, and an art form in its own platform, uh, as you see it today. Um, define, tell me about the philosophy. Uh, so um, basically the idea is that uh, when we treat it like it's real, that when you step into the void and you go through these void portals, uh, that you really are there. I mean, if, if, if this all this were real and we're, there's no virtual reality, no hyper-reality involved in it, if we just had magical portals and took you somewhere else, what would that experience be like? Yeah, that's why when you go into the void, there's no like scores popping above people's heads. There's no uh, weird uh, immersion breaking dynamics or things that, that would remind you that you're in a destination based uh, hyper reality center. No, all those things are pushed aside because they're not real. Yeah, so right. we, we, that's one of the, the, the important philosophies is that and along with it come all these other little ideas like discovery. It's important for us to discover. In, in, Star Wars Secrets of Empire, there's, there's moments we, we intentionally put there so that the guests 
could discover them and not just be handed them when they walked in. So, um, tell us a little bit about how that philosophy translates into the Star Wars experience that just blew my mind. Ah, well, it's. Uh, it, uh, I mean, it was like, I, I'm sorry, I, yeah, I, I don't say that in jest. Like, it was incredible. And, and I've you. done a crap load of VR, AR, like everything that you have in there, like I've done, but it, I'm always like, okay. Right. Okay, that yeah. was cool. No yeah. offense to any other AR, VR experiences I've done. Uh, but, but fun, them, right? Well, there's, no, no. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff out there, I, you know, for sure. Uh, are we particularly proud of this? Absolutely, absolutely, because it does. It is. Uh, I mean, it is a little mind blowing. Even for me, like going in now, I I I I love doing the experience and and sort of this philosophy and this mechanic of how you go about designing and creating these experiences and the very deliberate nature of, of the way we go about that is is uh, I think part of that that special magic that makes it makes it possible. Um, illusion design is as, as a good example of that, right? You go to a magic show and a uh, magician floats something up on the stage. And uh, everyone in the audience, you know, you, you sit in there and you're looking at that, it's like, oh wow, you know, floating floating ball, that's that's great, but obviously it's got some strings or something, you know, it's not right. real. Because uh, that's an intellectual argument that you're making as your eyes are telling you, you know, through your physical senses that it's floating. So the magician then has to make an intellectual argument against what you're thinking. And so it becomes this silent sort of conversation where he walks over and he puts a hoop around the ball or waves his arms around the ball and he proves uh, sort of mentally that the ball is floating. And so now you have these two things. You have this physical misdirection of the, the visual of the ball floating and the psychological misdirection of these arguments he's made about the ball floating. And those two things combine to create this impossible reality, this reality where magic men exist and they make stuff float. <laughs> and that conflicts, of course, with the paradigm of your worldview, and it and it sort of drops this, uh, opens up this trap door, and people kind of, you know, in that moment, gasp. Uh, they call it the, the moment of astonishment. Um, and uh, so to take those principles, all those theories, and that's just one example, but to, to take all these magic and age-old age uh, theories from magic and apply them to something like VR, to try and get people to believe in impossible realities in the same way they they would, even right. if it's for a moment in a magic show, uh, is a lot of what all this is based on. So things like what we call the path of conviction and having people go step by step through an experience and we teach them little by little that what they see is real. Because they, again, you have this, this visual argument, but for example, you walk in, 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 in Star Wars yeah. Empire, you walk in and one of the first things we, we, we tell you to do is sit down. Right, which is a little ironic, right? Since we like spent all this money getting everybody on their <laughs> right, feet, right, walking right. around, like, yeah, I want you to have a seat. But the thing is, you, you see that chair, right? And so you're wearing a okay, virtual chair, and then you have to trust the weight of your entire body on it. Yeah. And, and trust that that is actually going to be there. And so when you do that, it's like, okay, this is here, and I, I, can, I can kind of trust that. And then, you know, yeah, the walls are here, and, and this is, and so as you start to test that environment, and as, as those tests become uh, proved to be true, Everything else gets more real. Right. Even the things that are beyond your reach. Yeah. So in English, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, because that's exactly what the experience was. It was like there's kind of like I've been having this conversation a, a couple of days, but it's like I'm usually a skeptic at first, mm. and then, but I'm always willing to, you know, to be open to the experience, right? Cool. And I think when I got in there, I was like, okay, let's see. And then I think by the time, if I can say, like by the time we were shooting, yeah, I yeah. was like, okay, this is. Dope, and I'm I'm fully immersed. I was ducking down. I was double fisted with you know two guns. Nice, like, you went double guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, sweet, I, yeah. I, did, I had to freak it a little bit. Right. Um, right. But it like there was this point in time where I was like, 
I'm all in. This is not Chris doing a virtual reality experience. This is like me on board this vessel and fighting for my life. Yes. <laughs> and I think the, the other cool thing is, you know, you said VR, but it's so much more than that. You know, you've got haptics, you know, everything vibrates. You've got AR. I can still see my team in the room with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're suited. Like, they look like, the, you know, they're stormtroopers. So. Right. I, I'd like uh, just to, uh, you know, what does your brain, what does your whiteboard look like? Huh. <laughs> you know, because when you're like, all right, then we're going to, like, because there's a lot of elements. So what is that whiteboard brainstorm session like inside the board? Uh, you know, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we, we started calling it hyper-reality. It's just because it wasn't just one of those things. It was all these things put together to create this immersive experience. And when, when you do that, you have to keep a lot in mind. And uh, our, our sessions become very... I call it experience-based story, where, where story is hugely important, uh, uh, but the experience and what people are doing and the stories they're going to tell when they come out of it are equally important. Right. So what we do, uh, for example, when we when we worked on uh, Star Wars: Secrets of the Empire, we cleared out a, a room at ILMX Lab and taped out the, the the stage, so we knew where every room was. And we would go walking room by room with post notes and say, okay, what happens here? What's going to be the moment here? Okay, let's put that down. Let's move physically into the next room. Like, it wasn't a, a mental exercise at all. It was a physical, experiential exercise to produce an experiential experience. Right. Uh, and that's where it all kind of began. And, and then it's iterative. You, have, you end up making, you know, a white box. You end up putting people in it and seeing what works and what doesn't. Thinking a lot about the psychology of what people are going to do. and sometimes being wrong, you know, yeah. which is uh, always really fun. I was going to say, like, I, I mean, especially, you know, I find sometimes I get a little jaded because I've seen so much and like, I want to do this. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's, is there anything like on the cutting room floor that you're like, eh, too, too soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's things, for the most part, a lot of people that go, are going to go through this is like their first time, not just in the void, but in VR, yeah. right? And so you got to take all that into account and you know, you get a little jaded going through, as you, kind of like you were saying, you, you're going through so many of these sort of things, especially having gone through the void so much, you're being used to physically interacting with the environment that you forget that other people are starting, you know, where right. you were years ago. And, 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 and so you you have to keep always keep that in mind. Uh, I think that's been really critical. But um, I, I feel like we found a, a pretty good balance here so that if you do go on a second time, like you should, you should ask to go through again. Uh, may I go through it again? Yes, you may. Thank yeah. you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll see that the second time you go through, you're a little more confident, and you're gonna try out new things and see things and do things that you didn't get to see or do before. Yeah, I mean, even like the escape room, I was like, had I known, I would have like, oh, there's a puzzle here that I need to right, solve, yeah, you know, yeah. and like physically uh, uh, do that. Um, by the way, you're the second magician that's ever been on the show. Really? Yes. Wow. Which I was surprised. The first magician, and then you were just like, oh, another magician. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I was thinking, because I was actually thinking about this, is, is a guy named Dennis Hong, who's like one of the number one, one of the top roboticists in the country mm -hmm. and has a lab at UCLA. It was like, you know, would robots ever come into an environment like the void? Like there was a couple of, you know, droids in there, but, you know, have you thought about adding more moving physical things inside these experiences? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's it's interesting to say that because there's, there, there's a lot of amazing technology that's going on uh, right now in not just this industry, but in others, like you mentioned, uh, that can all add to the experience um, in a great way. For, for, for example, there's only three ways you can make something disappear. Okay, well, this is kind of like the magic theory about it, right? You can hide the object, you can move the object that was never there to begin with. 
Well, it, you know, in, in VR, it never being there to begin was pretty easy because it really wasn't, right? But if you walk over and you touch something and then we make it vanish and you walk over and it's physically gone, you, that's more of a trick, right? That feels more a little more like right. magic. And, uh, and so, you know, how could you do that? I mean, robotics is, is a great example of that. You know, you need an intelligent system that can deal with, you know, people in space and, and their sort of actions right. to be able to move things around them and, and provide what ends up being a magic trick with very, you know, high technological means. What was the, what was the most inventive thing you had to do? Because I know like the all the computing power was on on the backpack, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's connected to the headset. But you know, like you said, you wanted to create originally you wanted to create an untethered experience. But what was that one thing you're like, ah, we can't get that. We have to make it, or we have to invent it. Was there or was there anything there that you had to do? Yeah, no, there's a lot of that. You know, back in the day when we uh, when we especially when we first started, there was there was no such thing as a computer you could wear on your back. And our first mock-ups were um, were sort of these uh, mashed together. Beautiful ladies, like a big home. Uh, yeah, it was. It was <laughs> we, we got a little micro museum at our at our headquarters uh, in Utah that, that you should see sometime because it's really fascinating to see all the sort of revisions that have come to, to end up where we are. But so yeah, the the, the computer that we have in there, uh, everything inside of it. Uh, is right down to the BIOS was was custom written for us because the, we just couldn't the, what we wanted didn't exist the haptic vest all that technology didn't exist so we invented it uh, even the, the headset you know I mean it's a combination of technologies um, that we've brought together into our Rapture headset to to get exactly what we wanted out of it um, what you end up with is this high end experience that not only um, you know, is it people don't have to buy the stuff to do it at home? You, you can because it's 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 this next level stuff that you can only get at the void. Right. Um, I read that you were a missionary uh, for a while. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that experience, but also like how it translates into how you operate as a professional. You know, fifteen years later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Great question. You know, I so I was in Uruguay for two years. And you want life experience, man. Like hang out in a third world country for a couple of years and doing nothing but serving people, and and you learn a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. And having that, having those sort of life experiences, and 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 being able to do nothing but day in and day out relate to people that were strangers moments before, and figure out how to help and serve them um, in the next moment. Um, you know, not only does it help to do something like the boy, but uh, you know, helps frankly with everything you do through the rest of your life. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's amazing. That's yeah, because I, I find that like sometimes a little bit of that shows up in your work. I mean, all of us, those things that we kind of don't consider in our professional careers. But they just kind of like there's pieces of it that, that show up over time. Yeah. Um, we're in LA um, at the Disney Accelerator. Uh, you primarily spent most of your growing up, I would imagine, in Utah. Um, where I feel like every city has its own sort of creative input, its own creative like influence. There's things that pop up, you know, in your childhood or things you encounter. Um, what was it about Utah? Like I don't readily go Utah magic technology. Like <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Um, where did that come from in you? Well, you know, um, a lot of that sort of thing comes from my dad. Uh, my father is uh, Tracy Hickman. He's a, uh, a fantasy author. He was especially well known in the '80s uh, during like the D and D. Praise of the time. He had, he's a 14 times New York Times bestselling oh author. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, very talented guy, and uh, you know, taught me a lot about story. 
And we, we moved around a bit. I mean, I lived in Wisconsin for quite a while. I lived in, uh, I lived in Flagstaff in Arizona for a time. You're in the middle of America. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Detroit. Like, oh, I don't yeah. say that as an insult. I, like, I say it as like, yeah, oh, I'm I proud it. of it. I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and then we, and then, and, and kind of wound up in, in Utah. But uh, and again, moving around was like a big part of that as well. But we, we would play games, like role playing games in the car. On our on big trips, you know, and he would kind of manage the story, and we'd all just, oh, so what are you doing right now? Oh, I'm doing this. You know, it's like we're playing D and D sort of verbally on big car trips, and you know, and this this form of non-linear impromptu storytelling uh, was very impactful on me as a as a kid, and definitely influences uh, the things we do today. To the point that I actually ended up hiring Tracy to be our, our head writer. Oh, that's cool. Avoid, yeah. Um, shout out to Dad then. That's, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Um, so the show's called Innovation Crush. Um, what's out there that you see that you personally have a crush on? You know, maybe something in your own world might be a meal you ate, it might be a nonprofit you encountered. I don't know. Like, but is there anything that comes to mind when it's like, what's what's your current innovation crush? Oh, that's a question I should have thought about before no, we started. There's no this thinking. Yeah, like... there's no thinking about that. <laughs> no, uh, you Come know, on, like, Magic Man. Uh, there's, um, you know, I mean, there's the, the work that's being done in in, uh, in tricorder technology. Uh, I think it's fascinating. It's like, the X Prize. Yeah, the X Prize. Uh, yeah. yeah I, so that sort of thing, I think, could really, uh, uh, really be impactful. I've, I've, you know, and I've, I've visited with the X Prize guys, and, 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 and the the work that they're doing is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, definitely. I don't know if I trust a track order, like like version one. Like if I went to the doctor and the doctor. Well, yeah. Like, let's. <laughs> no, 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 no. Put me on the scale. Want to sit the X-ray machine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But if we could get there, oh, that could yeah, make such yeah. a difference, right? For yeah. so many people. Um, uh, so I think that's amazing. You know, I, I, my head's my head's so much in VR and like the very far future of that. Right. Uh, that there's a lot of work that a lot of great people are doing individually that eventually is going to come together, both at, I think at the void and yeah. in other platforms that are going to make such a huge difference. Uh, that I'm really what do you see? About. Uh, you know, being able to to make. The avatar of, of the individual and the other people that you see and experiences that more faithful, right? So, like being able to convey uh, emotion and, and uh, being able to really track the person uh, to a high, high level of fidelity, so that uh, you don't uh, that 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 blast barrier for me is, is sort of that, and 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 really feeling like you're there with somebody else um, is is great. I, technology for so long has been been used to sort of drive people apart a little bit, be isolated in your phone or whatever you're mm -hmm. doing, you know, and we, we talk about, oh, we're all, no, we're all connected through social media or whatever, but really it becomes this isolating factor, yeah. right? But with things like the void and, and this technology being used to push people back together, I think that, that really excites me. Let me ask you this, because you bring up a great point, I think, with the, like, you know, technology was supposed to make our lives easier and bring us closer together, at least as it continued to evolve. And to your point, it's kind of like in a lot of ways, made us numb, driven us apart, like all those things. Um, as you continue to design the future, are you, outside of what the thing you just mentioned, are you thinking about like potential downsides and how to circumvent them? You know? Yeah, yeah, look, I think you could use void technology for, for all sorts of downsides. And I think we've actually, in the past, even taken pretty clear stands uh, about that and about, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that I do believe that the content that you, because here's the thing, it's not that you're just watching something like a movie and like introspectively like thinking about what the characters on the screen are doing, right? You're the character. You're 
in that proxy and, and being there and doing those things. And I think there's a responsibility with that, right? To not to give people freedom, but to also help people understand more about themselves and more about how they can uh, improve and help others through the medium itself. And there's, I think, even in, even in things like this, there's small ways that we accomplish that. Uh, but in the future, um, those sort of things are going to become more important as uh, as opposing forces try to do the opposite. The moment of astonishment. Um, complete this phrase for me. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Right now. I'm ready. No, it's not Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, innovation to me is. Don't worry about the pregnant pause. It's okay. Yeah. Sorry. No. I guess you know what I want to say. The thing is, oh, the first thing that came to my mind. It feels so horribly like cheesy that it's like you know what I mean. But I just honestly like innovation to me feels beautiful. Uh, I just I think that uh, uh, innovation uh, is one of those building things. It's it, it's you know there's. Uh, versus tearing something down or, or you know, trying to get somewhere by bringing everything else around you, trying to lift yourself up by bringing everything else down around you. Like innovation is, is intrinsically this, this act of uh, positive creation is usually what I would, uh, in my mind, is associated, it, it can be associated with. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you can have innovation uh, be applied to things that aren't good, but in, in my mind, it's, it's, it's usually something that's, that's, that's beautiful and that's going to help you change society for the better. Now do a magic trick. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> After all that beauty, you're like, perform! Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dance, man. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, just take you out of the moment. Um, Alright, well, where can people go to find out more about you, The Void? You know, where can they disconnect with you oh, on social media? Yeah, forget about me. Go to... <laughs> but uh, the... If you, you go, definitely get tickets to go see this thing. Cause it really, it's it's like. Said, Where will it be? Like, because cool. it's not gonna be everywhere, right? It's, like, it's gonna be yet. so. Yes, uh, this is gonna be. Uh, so it'll be in downtown Disney, just at the outside Disneyland at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, it'll be in Disney Springs, uh, which is uh, in the Disney World Resort. They're outside the parks there, and uh, also the Westfield in London. Uh, we've, we've announced that location, and then yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, we're not just going to keep it to that. We, I know there's there's a lot of demand for this out there, and so we're we're working to to open up more locations, and there'll be more announcements for that coming soon. But go go to thevoid.com and buy your tickets and and check it out. I, you know, you won't be disappointed. Congratulations and job well done. Like it's real. I'm it's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That means a lot. Everyone, this has been another installment of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time.